back ladies and gentlemen as the title suggests we are uncertified financial planners we are not professionals i repeat we are not professionals before you make any financial decisions please contact an official certified financial advisor or planner welcome back folks um to the uncertified financial planners podcast um i'm garrett joined here by ethan how are you doing? Yes, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, took a little little hiatus um, around the holidays. Um, I'm back home still for Christmas and New Year's with my family. Ethan, are you are you home still? Or are you back in at school? Yeah, I'm home still. I won't be back at school and probably until January 14th ish, and then I'll be excited to celebrate my birthday on the first week of school. Nice. So. Yeah, nice. January January nineteenth. So it's coming up. Twenty one. I'm legal. I'm legal. Mark it on your calendars, folks. A huge one. Yeah. Hope all of y'all had a good break, good holidays, um, some good time. Markets are rallying a little bit towards the end of the year. Last I saw, um, end of the year is exciting. You get to reflect. You get to think about how the year's been. You get to pay your bills do at the end of the year and the bills that start for the next year it's where i'm at um but all in all pretty exciting time sure yeah market has did really well yesterday for at least for me today it was about even i made 14 cents so pretty much a wash and uh oh i will say this it was not pretty there's a lot of pain in the market this year uh it feels like a long time ago when you know it was june and july where the market was just getting destroyed mainly in june july kind of came back mm-hmm. um, but the u.s stock market is basically on track but you could just say it finished the worst year it has had since 2008 uh, in mm-hmm. 2008 we finished down 38.5 percent this year we're looking like we'll finish down roughly 20 percent good news about that is for the next one, two, three, four, five years, stock market was positive afterwards. So, you know, uh, in 2008, you would have lost 38.5%. If you were invested in the market, you would have gained in 2009, 23.5, 12.8 in 2010, nothing in 2011. 2012, you would have gained 13.4. Point is, you could keep going, but point is, is you will make your money back. It's just, it does take time to recover, unfortunately. All thing time heals all things, as someone wise once said. I don't remember who, but um, time is going to be better for your bank account than any mutual fund manager could. Um, yeah, time fixes all things. But what we're going to be kind of talking about today is kind of in that same vein, um, talking about financial bubbles and busts and booms and what that does to the economy. Since we just kind of had a crypto bubble pop. Um, SBF, FTX, those people crashed. Um, we're still in a housing bubble, I think. Um, and a lot of people talking about recessions. So we're just going to kind of talk about 
what all that could mean. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I want to uh, keep on this, uh, you know, worst year since 2008, but the, the chart that I'm reading, because uh, one of those bubbles that we'll be talking about is the dot-com bub- bubble that uh, was from 2000 to 2002, uh, where the market lost, what is this, 36, 46%-ish in three years. It was since uh, 1980 was the longest span of a year-over-year negative rate of three years straight. Um, usually it's just about one year it's every few years but this time it was actually three straight years where the market was down I'm not saying or thinking that we'll see that this year uh, or in the next two years um, fortunately but obviously with the potential housing bubble and then obviously a crypto bubble as well um, and then a recession on top of it and high inflation things don't always look great Um, and so we'll just have to sit and wait um, but yeah, with this dot com dot com bubble, uh, it was the beginning of obviously the dot com era and internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of hype around these new businesses like Yahoo, um, Amazon, and, and whatnot that people had just started hearing about and, and pouring money into. A lot of them did not, you know, into the way that they would have hoped. So a lot of people lost a lot of money. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Garrett can touch on that as well, and so I'll let him do that. Yeah, I've been reading in my uh, book, I've mentioned this in a few episodes, it's really dense, so I've been reading it for a few episodes. Um, Boom and Bust by William Quinn and John D. Turner, it's uh, published by Cambridge. So if you're American like me, some of this language is a little funky. Um, but anyway, it's talking about like the basis of every bubble is three things, speculation, marketability, and the access to money and credit. Um, and I'm chapter I'm in right now is currently about the dot-com bubble, which is like why we wanted to make this episode. Uh, but it's been interesting because internet was the new commodity. It was the new sensation. And because of that, it also made it easier to buy and trade. There was like a 33% increase in volume just in a short span of time because people can trade over the internet now instead of you know the traditional going to the markets kind of thing. And kind of like what we saw with the advent of Robinhood and Wall Street bets in the dot-com bubble of 2000, um, retail investors spiked. Um, finance shows, you know, like I watch Squawk Box nowadays, but you can kind of see that now. And with people like Jim Cramer um, hyping up investments to bring in retail investors, so, you know, it's no longer the majority medium being um, through financial advisors or brokers, you know, like anybody can do it now. And that kind of started with the dot-com bubble. Um, So all that to say, there's a lot of similarities between then and now. And out of the dot-com bubble came companies like Amazon and accessible internet. You know, the number of people who could access the internet exponentially rose even though there was that boom and the bust um it was a downturn for the market but so much innovation came out of that for sure and uh i was just spending my time looking um you know there's a lot of good things that do come from these bubbles um and i I was gonna say like the enron and worldcom i know you've heard about that in your classes 
Um, every professor talks about it into the business world. That came from the 2001, you know, the, that bursting of the bubble exposed some bad accounting practices that ushered in litigation and new laws to protect people in the future. And we have transparent accounting now because of the bust that happened then. Definitely. Um, for sure. And uh, a big thing about it is like, how can we tell if a bubble's coming or if we're in one um, and whatnot? And uh, a lot of things that you can point at, you can point at, do we match similar, do we have similarities to 2000 through 2002, which was deemed the dot-com bubble? Um, are we in another situation like 2008 with the financial crash or financial crisis, which was, you know, you could say it was a bust, obviously. Um, uh, something I looked at and I saw on Twitter actually, that we actually, I believe it was indentured debt. Um, I don't have the definition of, um, so one second, I get the definition of that. Indentured debt is a legal contract that reflects or covers a debt or purchase obligation. Um, so we have double the indentured debt that we did in 2008 and that we saw a financial crisis with it, but with half of what we have done now. So um, that's not very good to see. Um, and then the global debt, 2021, reached a record $303 trillion. So um, th that's pretty good signs for a not very good situation right now. And so while we can e you know, easily be nervous and uh, caught off by this and these numbers that I just said, uh, with very minimal research, I found those numbers. Um, you know, good things are still going to come from this. It might hurt for a little while, uh, a couple of years. Like I said... Have not the U.S. stock market has not had a span of consecutive negative years since 2000 uh, through 2002. Even with the 0809 financial crisis, it was 08 that was really bad. 07 was a little bad because it was towards the end of the year where it started, and 09 was we were up 23.5 percent. So, um, a hurt does not last long. So you got to keep your head down, stay with the uh, goals that you've set from the start, and remember that things you know they they come from bad things so uh, fortunately the world has to balance and so bad will be counteracted by good uh and that goes for other things just uh you know further than finance in itself but yeah um, yeah and you know despite the market being bad a lot of other stuff was good you know and i think that's what we'll see especially in relation to this this crypto debacle it's been very interesting to watch um but you know the government's finally working towards regulation on these cryptocurrencies you know and it's like every day i see a new scam about people losing their money and losing 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 um so it's it's i'm really going to be interested to see what this bubble popping produces as far as regulation and how it helps consumers it protects consumers and protects investors and it provides a new route to safer investing definitely sure and even yeah. though it's it sucks now and you know everything's down um and i don't know what the relation would be to the stock market i know there's something good going to come out of it just like it did you know 2008 2009 and uh 08 um but you know, it's it dismal now, but it's going to have a long-term positive effect. Definitely. And unfortunately, as investors, emotions usually take over. Um, 
So we continue, you know, every every few years or every decade or so, we'll have something where we overhyped a certain commodity or a certain stock, you know, industry or uh, something like, you know, crypto. Um, that's why these bubbles are formed. Um, and so you, know, you got to just be wary of that. You know, in 20 years, the biggest company, Apple will no longer probably be the biggest company. If you look 20 years back, half those companies are probably gone um, or merged into something else. So you got to understand that things are constantly changing. Um, and so if a situation is, you know, feels bad, or even if a situation feels really good, like it did from 2019 to 2021, it's not going to last. And so you got to under, you got to understand that. Like, let's go back. I keep bringing up the dot-com bubble, bubble, but it's the, pretty much the last situation we had of a technical bubble and not just a bust mm-hmm. uh, like 2008 was. From 95 to 1999, the market increased no less than 20% every year. 1999, it was 19.5, but we're rounding up. So since or for basically five years, the market was going up 20% each year. Uh, that's insane. Uh, for reference, we have never seen that since. Uh, we were going up. Yeah, we've never seen that since. We weren't even on pace uh, in 2019 to 2021. We were on pace of, of what 95 to 99 did. So obviously, that's a big time bubble, and that's something that you should be able to read. Uh, like I said, just like good can counteract bad uh, and balance things out, bad can counteract good. So it just it's just how it works. It ebbs and flows. And making sure you have your eye open to that is very, very important. Um, I mean, basically all of 2010, like the entire 2010s were, were green other than 2015 and 2018. So um, obviously that's why we've seen this year not be so bright or so great is because things have to balance out eventually. And so mm-hmm. being wary of that, understanding that things are constantly changing Bubbles do happen. Things good things come from bubbles. Uh, good thing. I mean, basically, the market resets and you buy things for cheaper. I, I don't know why you'd ever complain about buying something that's worth a lot for a cheaper price. Yeah, and you know, like the old saying goes, two steps forward, one step back." You know, you're still progressing forward, but um, you just can't be discouraged when there's a step back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would rather take two steps forward, one step back the rest of my life than 10 steps forward and eight steps back. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, I guess that wouldn't work out, but 10 steps and like 11 steps back every time. Yeah, yeah. While it feels good, it's just you're feeling good for those 10 steps, and then you're like, wait, I can't move anymore, and I've fallen back 11 steps. So, yeah, I don't know. That's me. Uh, I feel like it's just more consistent. It's just like the the hare versus the tortoise, uh, rabbit versus the turtle. Uh, turtle won the race in the end because he was slow and steady and he steadfast and stuck to his goal and uh that's what you should do as an investor as well yeah and a lot of people like like we kind of mentioned with the whole robin hood able to get in allowing people to get in um i think a lot of the variability and the volatility that we've seen is due for people coming in at the two steps forward are coming in at one step forward and now we're taking the step back and everybody's like, okay, I'm back to even maybe even a little down. Um, but they haven't been there for the two steps forward to know that it's going to rebound. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. Experience is key for sure. Yeah. I'm going on my third year of trading. And so I've learned a lot in those three years and, you know, I could have started 
in January of 2019, 2020, I guess. But I decided, no, I'm, you know, I'd rather just keep the money in my bank account. So I didn't start till October. And so I was on that two steps forward, actually probably even five steps forward. Anything you touched was gold, basically. And so I didn't really learn that you can't actually take a loss until a little later on, and then especially this year. Yeah, especially this year. Yeah, Good and Lord. so one more thing I wanted to say, and then we can continue on. But um, a lot of times what you see after a bubble, it's, you know, the bubble is followed by a recession. So 1990s basically is what this claims, but I would just say probably 95 to 2002 uh, were in the dot-com bubble. Um, and it plunged, obviously, in 2002, and that triggered a U.S. recession. Um, and then from 1996 to 2006, housing prices doubled almost. And so that was the U.S. housing bubble. Um, and then in 2008, the market finally caught up to that to the end of 2007. Um, and so, and we were in a recession, uh, actually the Great Recession. So something you like to be a part of when you're working. As a child, I didn't really notice any difference, but and as don't want to repeat that, um, but if you think we're in a bubble, probably going to hit a recession soon after, and I think that's what we're seeing now. I think we've been in a bubble from basically the entire 2010s and early 2020s. Uh, we were in a little bit of a bubble where you could buy, basically buy anything and it was it'd return. And yeah. I don't think we're going to see that over the next decade. No, we probably won't. But end of the day, um, what we're trying to get at is no matter what the news says, um, what ratings people say, um, we've talked about this a lot before. It's almost beating a dead horse at this point, but um, good will come out of what we're in. And even if it's down, it's not going to stay down forever. You know, the economy's like rocky. You know, it never stays down. Um, lose in one movie, come back and win the next three. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's just been a lot of things that have led to this. So it's not like it's it, it was coming out of nowhere. If you were blinded by it, uh, you shouldn't have been. Like I was. I was do- totally blinded by it. I thought you could never go down. And obviously that's because I'd never seen the market go down. Um, there were a lot of things that led to this. You know, supply chain management issues, inflation being higher than usual. Even coming into the year, I think inflation was sitting around 6%. So when it hit about 8%, obviously markets didn't like that too much. They shouldn't have liked it when it was at 6%. Uh, so they're obviously slow to react. It's weird how markets are slow to react to go down, but fast to respond, you know, upwards. Um, it isn't weird. It's just you kind of you want the market to go up, so you respond to the good news way better than the bad news. But yeah. that's what causes these bubbles. So Yeah, a lot of the governments are – or governments. A lot of bubbles are government-induced or like – encouraged you know i've read about some like the japanese real estate bubble where the government would subsidize um venture capital companies to invest in uh, contracting and stuff to stimulate this bubble and bring in outside investors and that created a devastating bubble with japan in the the 80s i believe um but you know I think the U.S. government, their their thing, at least now, with the crypto thing, was just ignoring it for so long. 
um, and letting it run wild. And I don't know, I'm sure there's a lot of shadiness that's going to be uncovered in these next few months um, with all the the uh, meltdowns we've seen in the crypto world. But um, for sure, it's going to bring about regulation, which will be good for future investors. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, there's a lot to complain about, like we've said basically since we started the podcast. But we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be incredibly interesting. Um, With this high inflation, uh, while we hope it's short term rather than the long term, um, we we definitely don't want to see it over more than a few couple years, couple quarters from here on out. Um, but what it has led to is increased pay gains. Uh, people are starting to make more. Our companies are paying more, paying more, um, and then people have been able to leave their jobs or have even been let go of their jobs and found better jobs uh, or higher paying opportunities. So that's really good. Uh, you know, it's a positive from increased inflation because prices are higher than they were a year ago. It's not gonna be 8% for the next five years. Like it's gonna be probably more two, three, 4%. And so, but now people are making 8% more than they were last year. And so, roughly. So yeah. it's kind of counteracting and it's good for, for job increases or wage increases. Yeah, yeah. And they'll stick that way. Um right, they're not gonna just take away the eight percent because there's no longer eight eight percent inflation. That's not how it works. Yeah. It'll stay if you were making I know this probably isn't proper math, but if you were making a hundred well, this might be if you're making a hundred thousand dollars last year, now you're making about a hundred and eight thousand dollars without taxes. So um yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I think I'm I'm gonna look this up while I talk just so I don't think I'm an idiot. But I believe there's a term in economics called sticky wages. Um, yeah, okay, I'm not stupid. Um, they are when workers' earnings don't adjust quickly to changes in labor market condition. Um, so like, like exactly what you're talking about, when prices are rigid and wages, the, the increases are going to stick to old trends. and um it can slow recovery from a recession but it's good for individuals you know mm-hmm. it can slow the economy as a whole but it's good for individuals so it's a good time it's gonna be a good time to save yeah and something else that's good that's come from this you know covid disaster and and whatnot is i actually saw an argument or not an argument but an article um that says wage inequality may be starting to reverse uh that's been a large debate uh since basically 2016 that was when i started hearing about it where you know wage inequality whether it was between men and women workers or uh just certain like you know minimum wage low lower skill jobs compared to higher skill jobs um this article is saying that wage inequality may be starting to reverse. It says due to remote work, deglobalization, installed technology, uh, roading, some pay advantages of higher skill workers and managers are starting to become not as big of a gap. So there are good things that come from very, very bad things. So, yeah, no, you know, it's like building muscle, you know, sometimes things kind of break down. So there's room to grow for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say U.S. jobless claims have gotten a little bit bigger, uh, which is what you see in a recession, but that's okay. It's just how it goes. That's how it goes. It'll be better eventually. 
more jobs for us college students when we graduate, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But I don't know about you either, but I think that's all I got for this episode. Yeah, I got one more thing, totally off topic, but it is yeah. about my album, OOV. Albums, yeah. My album's dropping on New Year's Day, my uh, indie pop album. Yeah. <laughs> and then Big my rap my rap album is dropping on January 19th for my birthday. It'll be the five-year anniversary since my first album, titled 16, because it was on my 16th birthday that I released it. This one's not 21. This one's actually called uh, The Oogie Tapes, because people call me Oogie, and uh figured why not. So, the Oogie Tapes, let's go. And then Fun Dip, which is the indie pop one, Fun Dip will be on first. So I forgot about Fun Dip. I'm excited for that one. Uh, that one's gonna be fun because it's something that it's kind of experimental and i stink at singing and it's funny and i love it and it's a fun little dip into another genre that's why it's called fun dip and obviously play on words because fun dip the candy is absolutely fire so yeah, i forgot about it too it too uh, i actually did not come up with the name a buddy of mine reminded me and then like yes that is perfect and i need some fun dip right now so and i want fun dip now where do you find it Literally no idea. I would assume like Walgreens, maybe. Maybe. Maybe like Walgreens. Halloween candy. I have no idea. Yeah. But what is that releasing on? Uh, so indie indie pop album, and it's on. It's gonna be only on SoundCloud because it's free to down or put music on SoundCloud. Maybe maybe Spotify. We'll see. Um, but um, that will be on January first, basically New Year's Day. Will be that one, and then the rap album, which I think will sound better. Uh, will be on January nineteenth. Fun dip's just a more funny one because I'm singing and I can't sing at all. Mm. So it's funny to listen to for sure. Yeah, we'll have to give it a listen. Audience, make sure to listen. And uh, I guess until that drops, yeah. we'll see you next time. Sir. Sure. I can't be found, I'm way too high up off the ground